0: Welcome to Raising Our Voices. Today we're talking about disability in sport. In the studio, we have three times Paralympic wheelchair racer, Lachlan Jones, thrower and CP football player, Nelson Gray and myself, and I'm a seated thrower. Lachlan, how yep. did you find out about disability sport? Um, it's more dead.
1: Actually, many moons ago, so yeah um and and my sister she um played basketball when she was young, playing through the tadpoles, and she played overseas in, in America and that, and then mum played. Played basketball, so in the Veterans League, so, so, um, yeah, so, and Dad played football, so, yeah, so it was only, yeah, yeah, I thought if you can't beat them, join them.
0: So you ended up being a wheelchair racer? Correct.
1: Well, actually, no, I'll rewind. I did do special Olympic swimming and then that then they all like had brain injury and intellectual disability and that so I so and then dad went to well what was then Victorian um, wheelchair sports Victoria and and then then he looked around, looked around, and I don't know whether you've heard of the person called Brian McNichol, used to be a powerlifter, a um, um, seven-time Paralymp- um, Paralympian, um, and yeah, I did powerlifting for five minutes, but um certain person put a stop to that, and then I did. in end ended up doing track.
0: Nelson, how about you? How did you find out about disability sport?
2: So there's a different story behind um the two sports. Um, for CP football, um, I used to get a lot of treatment at the um, Monash Children's Hospital, and I, my mum saw a poster um up on their walls in the area, and um, I don't know. We just got in contact with the um number on the uh, poster, and we went from there to go to the first training session, and I've gone on from there. I uh, was part of their development squad um, from about 2009 to 2014, then um, I was asked to compete with the state um, seven-a-side football team, and from there it's been great. Um, in terms of um, getting into shop put and athletics, um, uh, it was mainly really uh, my sports teacher that told me, um, he called me into my office one day and the nervous kid I was when I was about 14 years old, I thought it was, you know, I was in trouble or something like that. But then he um, told me, you know, look, there is this um, athletes with a disability category out there, and I think he'd be really good. Um, started off with sprinting, but then he said, I think he'd be better um, doing shot, and I didn't think I was very strong, to be honest. Um, and then I went through um, School mm. Sports Victoria's competition through their athletes with a disability category. I was given a pamphlet saying, You have qualified for the Victorian. All schools, and um, that's where I met my current coach today, John Eden.
0: I went through school as a swimmer, but at that time, I don't think there were any athletes with the disability events within school sport. And I'd never actually heard of disability sport until I heard something on the radio. In 1996, was something about Priya Cooper winning some medals in swimming at the Paralympics. By then, I had long retired, um, because as a teenager, I was sick of coming last. Um, as I'm now throwing, I actually I actually became involved in athletics as an official before I was actively competing, but I thought I could, I saw people throwing and figured I could do it, and now I'm a current Australian champion. I've got a question um, from the audience. Nelson, what's CP football?
2: CP football is um, a form of soccer for people with cerebral palsy to compete on, whether it's, um, they've got now a local stage um, football federation, Victoria have what they call an all abilities league, or um, they've got national um seven aside football championships and um it's just really for people with cerebral palsy to get out there and have a go at the sports they can have a passion for
0: how does it differ from regular soccer
2: um from regular soccer it's it's played on a smaller pitch with smaller goals um Instead of eleven aside, it is seven aside, and we have no offside rule.
0: Let's talk about coaching and support. Nelson and I actually have the same athletics coach, but um, Lachlan, I think you—I think that you were coached by your father. Is that right? Correct. How did you know that? Well, you told me. Oh that's right! <laughs> I've you? also read your father's book.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Um. Um. To kind of long story short, like we couldn't. Oh, well, he's claiming that because of my behaviour and that nobody would want to coach me, which is absolute rubbish. And and then um and then I nobody else knew about disabilities like he did and 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 then so he virtually was uh it's not football athletics coach um father Carol rolled into one fifty seven Heinz variety. Um so he had to get classified as a coach so he had to do the um, courses um, to do I don't know what they require now, but this is going back a few years ago now. Um, so he could go with me as a support person and a, and as a trainer as well. But it wasn't all like like. You said about John Eden well we did have our moments but you're lucky with John Eden you could go to John Eden, have your training session in Rakhoff where where um where was when all when me and mum and dad and my sister lived together was twenty four seven so uh, sorry, pre full on.
0: Yeah, I'm sort of pretty glad that I don't have to spend 24 hours a day with my athletics coach. How about you?
1: Yeah, well, aren't you lucky?
0: Obviously, competing um, has a cost. Training has a cost. Um, if you are an athlete with a disability... Sometimes the costs are even higher mm-hmm. than for athletes who don't have a disability. Um, I don't know that many people realise how expensive mm. some of the equipment is. Who are we, what are we talking about, throws? Or? Well, your, for example, your track chair.
1: Track chair, that's um, up in the thousands over... Like it's about just as much as a a, a um real good lightweight um road bike or track bike for like like um racing road racing or 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 velodrome or anything like that. So, um it's got carbon fiber and that. So so we had to get sponsors from um Bike shop, and then after the Paralympics, we got a sponsorship called um um in '97 from a company called Zeal Consulting. So that helped us, kicked us along for quite a while. Because of accommodation, his airfare, mine, well, I was already catered for but he had to pay his own way so so was only so it was pretty much like for fairs and stuff and and that
0: um, I'm actually uh, in when I started training for throws mm-hmm. I actually borrowed a frame belonging to another athlete mm-hmm. and Right from the beginning, John said, "We'll get you your own frame. we'll get you your your own frame." I ended up getting my own frame mm-hmm. um, I've actually inherited it off another athlete who mm-hmm. was in Canberra but has now stopped throwing, mm-hmm. and we cut down um my throwing um the throwing frame of this other athlete so it would fit me. We mean cut cut it down um." It was set up for another athlete. Oh, yeah, because I know with, um,
1: well, it's the same with um, athletes, chairs. You've got to have them fitted to the person. You can't just, it's not like, like, say my body, like, you can't have a, another size, like, just. Look, you can't just go into. otherwise well, they're too small or they're too big? Or you've got to really be specific and tailor the racing chair and the dimensions and that. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you had to do that.
0: Um, and Nelson, what sort of costs have you had for training and competing?
2: Well, for me, there's not much equipment really involved. The only equipment I really use um, is my AFO, or also known as an ankle orthotic, which basically helps me with my walking style and trying to help me walk straight and helping also with my balance. Um, depending on the style, the one that I've got at the moment, it could cost a grand in Australian dollars. Um in terms of flights and everything to get to competitions, maybe interstate, I don't have much experience in that yet because. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> well, you you
1: can come to, you can come you can come to me if you need, need any advice because I've been there, done that, all yeah. John... Eden, because we've done that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, most of the costs involved with flying into state at the moment is paid from my mum, and mm. I am internally grateful for her putting mm. up with all those costs and everything. She sorry. actually... Sorry. sorry. Um, have you
1: thought about
2: going applying for sponsorship? Um. Yes, I have thought about applying
1: for sponsorship, to be honest. Audrey, I'm... sorry. Sorry. I'd really, really consider you do that because again with sponsorship you, you don't have to worry about actually um like you don't have to worry about like your mum and and although look at I'm not I from I don't know from above so but I'm I'm only an outsider looking in Well, you can't expect her to be giving you handouts you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I I know that
2: and it's Mm. sort of it's a process about, you know, sort of I am trying to I mean, I'm only just turned eighteen, so (laughs)
1: um Yeah, quite I was in I'm I was in your situation when so I know where you're coming from.
2: It's just at the moment I'm not really looking for work because I have got Year 12 and it is so busy on top of all the sport that I do at the moment.
1: Right.
0: Um, it's pro- probably a good time to talk about the time commitment of training and competing. Cause, and the challenges of juggling different commitments as well for those of us who are studying or working as well as trying to compete in our sport.
2: Yeah, and uh, sport does take up quite a bit of a time when you do two sports like myself. I, you know, I'll go to um, Darabin uh, for soccer from about ten till twelve um, in the morning on um, a Saturday, and then I'll go to training down in Cranbourne from nine a.m. till about. Maybe eleven,
0: and then go to referee a soccer game.
2: <laughs> yes, I also am a referee for Football Federation Victoria, um, so that does take up quite a bit of my time. But it is worth it at the moment because it does earn me a little bit of money on the side, which is trying to address the issue of oh. you know having some money,
1: <laughs> and and also to, and then also to add the. Like, it actually does give you that money, What like costs, What like against those things, like, like, the petrol and, because you can't, like, like, the service station attendant's not going to small, like, your small's not going to pay for the petrol, is it?
2: Um. Yeah. So I'm not driving yet at the moment. Um, Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, it is a very difficult um situation. So how
1: do you how do you get to
0: all these events and that? How do you? (laughs) Uh, Well, yesterday when Nelson and I were going to gym together, Mm -hmm. um, I took the. I took public transport to South Yarra Station and Nelson presumably also took pu- public transport to South Yarra Station. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and we caught the train from um, South Yarra to Dandenong. Um, we... And
0: then the other train um, from Dandenong to Hallam.
2: Because we originally thought that um, buses were replacing trains but then found out later... <laughs>
0: that it was only doing it at... Um, Random selected periods. (laughs) Uh, Yes, getting to some of these places on public transport because you do not um, drive, either because you haven't got your licence yet or, in my case, um, I can't get a licence for medical reasons, is Mm. challenging. about?
1: So what about, like, say, Ria, like, for you and I, well... Like for medical
0: reasons, for you, have you got a taxi card? Have you? Are you eligible for that? Yes, I've got a taxi card. Um, I'm still not going to take a taxi from my house to Cranbourne East. Um, It would still even with the taxi card, it would cost a very large amount of money.
1: Right. Yeah. What about you, Nelson? Have you? Would you be eligible? Although. You've got CP. Um, would you be eligible?
2: Um, I, I personally don't think so, and um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to address the issue of travel anyway. Um, for a while, uh, about last year, when I actually got um, the learner's permit after mm. all the. Um, Difficulties going through Vic Roads about my peripheral vision. Um, I finally got it. Um, they said you mm. need to do, um, mo- you know, some of your 120 hours um, mm. with a driving instructor in a dual control car until mm. that driving instructor feels that you're confident enough mm. to do it with, you know, one of your parents. Um, mm. And you know, in situations like that, it is. It does become very costly because, depending on the driving instructor, I know for my driving instructor I had for a while, he was costing $80 for an hour lesson, which is very expensive.
1: So, but you can't... Like, how much cheaper do you expect,
2: like... Well, I, I'm not sure how much cheap mm. – yeah, it's, it's, not an, it's not an issue of cheapness. It's just mm. it's difficult on top of, you know, all the sport costs mm. and everything to come up with mm. that kind of money.
0: Hopefully mm. the NDIS will pay for some of it. Well, you.
2: that's what I'm also hoping that mm. the NDIS will hopefully help me with that once, you know, it actually fully rolls out in my area, which it probably won't until about – April next year.
1: I won't until next duck opening.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, and on top of all that, there's the costs for the um, modifications that I need to my car, which is not very much. It is a spinner knob and oh, um, yeah. uh, it's almost like a metal rod yep. that you um, cross <coughs> over. So you can use the indicator that's on yep. the right side with oh, your yep. Yep. left hand.
0: You're listening to Raising Our Voices on 3CR. Today we're talking about sport and opportunities for people with a disability. Um, As I said before, I went through schools not knowing that disability sport existed. And I think there are now a lot more opportunities than there used to be um, for young people with a disability to get involved in sport i was for example an official on the very first um championship for athletes with a disability within little athletics that was just this year
2: yeah well there's increasing opportunities for um people with disabilities to get involved I think the issue is that there's probably not not enough promotion around these mm. um, categories for people with disabilities. Like, the only reason that I found out about athletes for people with um, disability and I'm, you know, with John today, training, you know, for national championships and everything is because of my sports teacher taking the initiative to... Do some research and look around.
0: <laughs> um, I think it's really useful that I'm doing some coaching in schools because I'm finding um, when I'm coaching and when I'm officiating, I'm officiating a school sports event, and we have somebody in the mainstream school who is a wheelchair user, and I can, and ha- I can point them towards. Um, disability sport if they're interested, or I recently was doing some coaching at a primary school in the northern suburbs, and just in the couple of grades that I worked with, I identified two athletes with a disability, one of whom had competed in their school sports the year before, but neither he nor his school knew that he was able to compete at districts and regions and potentially state. Um, His school now has information about how to get him classified. So he'll hopefully be able to progress. If if there is somebody listening today um, who either has a disability or knows somebody with a disability and they're interested in getting involved in sport, what would you suggest that they do?
2: Um, Well, it really depends on, um, you know, which sport you want to get into. Most um, national organisations for each sport will have um, information on it. But, um, you know, I think until, um, you know, there's... Enough promotion around it. People really need to take the initiative to go researching and find out if there is something like this out there. And generally, there will be because the opportunities for people with disabilities is increasing.
0: Hey, there's even AFL wheelchair league now.
2: Yes, that is very good. That um, yeah. <laughs> I don't play AFL myself, but <laughs> neither do I. But.
0: Uh, it's it's Victoria, it's a popular sport, and there is now a wheelchair le- league.
2: Yeah. And um, that-
0: Lachlan, ha- mm-hmm. um, if there is somebody listening um, who wants to be involved in sport and has a mm. disability, what suggestions would you make?
1: They um, can ring... Well, I've got the name of... It. Oh, they've changed their name now.
0: Disability yes. Sport and Recreation?
1: Yep, correct. They could ring them. Or, um I don't know whether v i s would be appropriate but disability for, um disability for, um disability sport recreation would be their best bet
2: yeah, and now that I think about it um they they're a community organization who looks at trying to get people involved in sport, and that was actually um how I got involved in. CP football in the first place if it wasn't for DSR then I wouldn't be the person I am and yeah.
0: I'm just looking up the number for disability sport and recreation now. <laughs> you can call disability sport and recreation on nine four seven three zero one three three And they'll put you in touch with different sporting opportunities. They have an equipment library if you're wanting to try um, sports with equipment. They do camps for kids and all sorts of things.
2: Yeah, they also have their kids' sports program, um, which they go to um, either Monash or um, the Royal Children's Hospital. Um.
0: By now, you've been listening to Raising Our Voices. Next up...